to the Truth in This Art, where we explore arts and culture. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today, I am thrilled to welcome my next guest, a photographer, actor, and screenwriter. In his photography, he's got a passion for creating timeless images that showcase the beauty and emotion of his subjects. Please welcome Joe Cardamone. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Rob. That was a beautiful intro. I like that. And it was really, I'll be honest, it was hard not to laugh while you were recording uh, when you, the cusp uh, Capricorn thing. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, I, I like to troll. I like to troll people that are in kind of that <laughs> circle because they'll get it. <laughs> like, I, I'll, I'll, I'll give you this quick aside before I get into the questions. Um, I, when I'm being at my most petty, I'll, I'll say that's my inner Capricorn that's coming out. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Okay. I mean, I, I think I was at a job one time and I had a direct report who was not like doing their job. And I was like, I will replace them with a sequel script. <laughs> and I was like, and my boss, who's a Capricorn, was like, hell yeah, you will. <laughs> so we, we know our things. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. So. So I appreciate you coming on and, and, and making the time and the in time, if you will, is a theme for this like first question as we like to start off. Um, usually it's questions around the origin story creatively, the, you know, a time when this happened or a time when that happened. So could you describe a time like, you know, starting out where what was like the first time you did anything creative and what was it? Oh, man. Um probably math class <laughs> so i've i've been drawing my whole life I've, I've always just done things creatively um and i just i've got really bad adhd and math is not my subject and i remember a bunch of my math notebooks just being filled with random sketches throughout the, like just everything you know um the, the little s that everybody knows you know that s drawing like just <laughs> all all those types of things my own little characters all that so probably oh man back in elementary school for sure uh but yeah just as far back as i can possibly remember i've been drawing so you know. yeah, i was i was definitely <laughs> I, I was definitely one of those those sketchers and i know not not the shoes and i and i know that uh <laughs> Just so stupid. Uh, I, I know that I've mentioned this in a pod before, but I used to, I was one of those guys that um, I would hurry up and do a test. Like I was okay mm -hmm. at like every subject, but I would hurry up and do a test so I can just draw for the rest of the class. So, yes. you know, it's like, oh, we have this quiz that should take you the full class. I'm like, yeah, I'm done. 20 minutes. And I'm 10 minutes. Here. Yep. I'm sitting here drawing X-Men for the rest of the day. And, yep. you know, that's kind of what that was. So, and, and, and as I think about, you know, some of that stuff growing up, like, I I realized there are some like sort of foundational things that are in it for me. Mm -hmm. um, and, and maybe they're they're in it for you. So I want to really explore that. But, you know, I was a master's of ceremony as a kid and doing spelling bees, doing these sort of things where you know, scholastics and kind of this sort of approach and this sort of sharing things and doing storytelling and kind of organizing the show or organizing the presentation was a part of what I did. And now I kind of do it in a in a different way, but I still think that 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 sort of thinking is still there. So, you know, when you decided to kind of like pursue art, like when when did that happen? Like how 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 old were you? Because I know that there's a few stops along the way before you get to where you're at now. But talk about that a little bit. Some of those stops and some of those periods where you were like, all right, I want to pursue creativity. Yeah, no, that's a good question. Like, so my parents, like, I was very fortunate, like, my parents were very supportive of me, right? Like, but they were also, you know, I, 
they're not old parents, but you know, the older generation, um, they were very supportive, but they were also of the, the mindset of like, this is amazing. Keep doing this, but you know, you gotta get a real job too. Right. Like you can't, this isn't a job, right? Like you can't make money doing this thing, but we love it. Like keep doing it. So it was a weird like mixture of like, they appreciated what I did, but I never saw it as something I could pursue to, to make a livelihood. Right. Right. And so I, I just did my own thing hobby wise and then just, you know, went to school, got a bunch of random jobs throughout my life. I mean, a bunch when I was younger, like I probably had like 15 jobs from like 16 to like 21. Um, and I didn't really pursue like the arts as a, as a, as a livelihood. I mean, it's still not my sole livelihood. I do sure. have a nine to five, but I have kids. So like, <laughs> you know, uh, but you know, I do make money professionally off of it as well. So it, it took me, probably to find acting in, in 2014 when I discovered acting and I had like one of those, you know, epiphany lightning bolt moments where I was sitting down filming a scene and I just remember thinking like, I, I want to do this. Like, why am I not doing this? Like I'm, I'm doing it here, but like, why am I not doing it on a broader scale? Like on a bigger, on a bigger level. Right. And so I was like, all right, well, why not just go do it then? Like, so I, you know, I put together my blank resume and just started auditioning for everything. Um, got a couple roles, which is pretty cool. And then the, the big one for me was photography. I got, um, I got a camera for Christmas in 2016. So December of 2016. And I was just going to use it to like take photos of the kids, right? Like I wanted a real quote unquote camera to, to get cool pictures. Right. And so I got it and I started, you know, I did, I used it for the kids and it was cool. And then uh, a bunch of my friends invited me down to, to pride parade that June, June, 2017. And I said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to go out today and I'm going to make some photos. Like I'm actually going to go out with the intention to come back with photos. Like yeah. I, I'm going out to be a photographer today. So that's the day I, I, I consider myself becoming a photographer. Mm. And I, there's still some of my favorite images to, to this day, which is wild to me because you know, any creative process, you look at your earlier stuff, you're like, uh, wow. Okay. I would totally do this different now, but those ones for, for me still are, are they're just great pictures for me. Um, and then from there, I did the same thing I did with acting. I was like, all right, well, let me let me keep going out and shooting as much as I can. And then also, like, if somebody wants headshots or somebody, like, I even did wedding stuff early on, right? Like, I had yeah. no experience, but I was like, I know my skill level. I know what I can do and what I can't do. So I'm comfortable saying yes or I'm comfortable saying no. So that's probably 2017 is when I really started, like, diving in to, to making this, like, all right, let me, let me try to live in this society that, <laughs> that needs money from me with my art. Um, yeah. No, that's, that's, that's great. And, and thank you for that. Um, I, I recently went through this process that we were talking a little bit before we got started, um, of this, this trip I took into to New Orleans and had been down there before and there to kind of in, enjoy. Right. And this time mm. it was sort of a dual trip. It was, you know, obviously you want to enjoy, you don't want to go to a place and feel like you're in a terrible conference, you know, for a week or what have you. But right. you know, I was down there and I was like, I'm going to capture pictures. I'm going to try to capture these memories. I'm going to check out a lot of stuff. And I loved it more than I did in the past. In the past, it was at a high bar, you know, now yeah. going there with sort of this new newfound and new appreciate new appreciation for like culture and cultural significance and cultural preservation 
I was like, oh, I'm seeing things in a different way. Oh, this is the street art. Now I actually see, and I've been by, by this place before. It's like, now it clicks. Or you know, even trying to capture an image, I'm not using real technology. I'm a data, I'm, I'm a data guy and I'm an audio guy. So I had the iPhone. Um, but, but when it comes to the audio, I'm your guy, like, let's, you know, get this mixer, whatever. And going down there and capturing that stuff, I'm almost like, how can I put it? Maybe it's the school thing again. You know, if you look at it of what was your summer trip like, and you're showing it like the, the whole family mm. films, that, that, that sort of yeah. thing. That's the vibe I had when I was regaling and sharing some of the images that I took and I'm combining sort of this storytelling thing that I've been doing at such a repetition with, you know, this newfound like, hey, I want to transport you here to kind of see things through the eyes that I have when I was down there. Yeah, I, I think I think the thing that sticks out for me when you're telling that story is, is intention, right? Like mm -hmm. with most creative pursuits, um, that vibe is going to translate regardless of what you're doing if you're if you're creating with the intent for yourself right mm. and you know with creativity there's usually always an output right some of it you can share some of it you can share and sell whatever it is but if you're creating it for other people either validation or strictly for money not saying it's a bad thing right like do you yeah. but i think that feeling you get and that joy and the curiosity comes from it being for you. Like you wanted yeah. to capture those because you wanted to capture those. And so your curiosity sparked, right? You yeah. got excited. You, you started noticing things you probably wouldn't notice. And that, that to me is always the key. If you start losing that, then you, I feel like you got to take a step back and say like, why am I doing like, what's your why? Why yeah. is the intention of what you're doing? Right. And I think you encapsulate it perfectly. Right. Like just a really quick side note, the, the iPhone part, uh, any, any photographer you have on here, if you mention gear and stuff like that, the, most of them will tell you and rightfully so the best camera is the one you have on you. Right. Like, mm -hmm. so, you know, I, I, I know, I know what you're saying. Like I just had an iPhone stuff like that, but man, I, I've seen some incredible imagery captured from old iPhones or like old stuff. You know, it's, it's, it's just about, what you're seeing, what you're trying to relate. And, you know, also editing is a big part of it too. So, you know, don't, don't get me um, started. I'll pull out that 2003 LeBron James flip phone at raw and then make it happen. <laughs> man, the nostalgia vibes are high right now. So I guarantee people would be like, man, look at this. This is retro. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that, that's, that's great. And that thing going back to it, the, the intention component, that's why, you know, I enjoy doing this as much and in, in, in tweaking it and, and kind of making it, you know, something that that really is, I think, about that really relates to me. It's not about me, but really relates to me oh. and what I'm into, like from the the purpose of the, the process of like curating guests, from the process of coming up with questions, from all of the different things that go into it. It's pretty much me. And I don't know what I'm doing, you know, as some artists will say. You know, and that's why you can kind of continually just kind of tweak and search and explore. And I'm doing it for me. I'm I'm doing and putting mm -hmm. this stuff out there for me. And if people like it, that's great. And, you know, as things grow and people have, you know, more attention, you know, to it and they have an investment to it. You know, there are so many weird DMs I get of people telling me how to do the thing that I spent all of my time doing. <laughs> so definitely I, I just <laughs> ride that sort of wave of. I enjoy doing this. This is how I enjoy doing it. This is my attention. This is oh. my why. And definitely, you know, I'm a why big picture sort of guy and everything else that kind of falls in between. I try to bring on people and try to build out a, build out a team to help with that. Yeah. No, I like that. I like that a lot. So 
in, in a few words, describe your photography, like however you want to describe it, whether it be style, whether it be certain components of it that, you know, like, no, I'm very much a light guy or what have you. What, how would you describe your photography? So pr- storytelling through moments. And I know that's kind of broad, but that's kind of my photography. I mean, you've, you've seen my work. So it's, I mean, it's, it's all over the place because I'm outside of client work, right? Like client work, you usually have like, Hey, we need you to get this and this stuff like that. You get paid to, to do that stuff. Right. But my own pursuits, the things that I love, I'm more of, I'm an opportunity photographer. Mm. So I'll give myself a, I don't know, we'll just take skate park downtown or something. Right. Like today, I'm going to go down to the skate park and that's it. Like, that's my only idea. I'm going down to the skate park with my camera, not, okay, I need to capture this and I need to make sure I get this. And uh, you know, I got to Nope. I just go down there and say like, I'm going to the skate park and whatever opportunities arise, like it could be the skaters or while I'm down there, I could look over at the pier and be like, Oh, check that out. That's, that's pretty wild. Right. right. So I just allow myself to be open to opportunity. As long as I have my camera and I'm going out with the intention of making photos that day, I, I will always come back with something that I really love. Um, and so that's part of the reason why I don't really have a niche. Like I don't have like, oh, I'm a concert photographer or I'm a portrait. Again, nothing wrong with that. Like, I think it's incredible if you can niche down and like get really great at, at, at a specific style. I think my style is more about probably what my photos look like or the, they feel very similar, even though they're different subjects. And I think that's because when I, when I make photos, I make photos of what I love. Like it's a picture to me before I pick up my camera. And so I feel like that translates regardless of the subject I I'm taking. No, that's, that makes a lot of sense. And I like the way you said that, uh, it's, it's there, you know, like, mm-hmm. it, it, like I love, it's, it's almost like I'm trying to, trying to think it's, it's like if you watch football, right. And you see like, wow, that dude really got through that hole. Right. He yeah, really yep. broke. It, it's kind of that sometimes when I'm looking at an interview, it's like this interview could go really well or it could be trash. You know, that mm. sort of, you know, like that, that naysayer sort of thing, that lack of confidence thing that comes up. But when you hit it and you know that your intention is mm-hmm. to have sort of that conversation, it's a degree of being contrived. But, you know, as you, we were talking a little bit beforehand, naturally baked in is some ad libbing. There are some things that like I didn't script out every word I'm going to say here and nor, nor should I and nor should you. Right. So yeah. when it hits and it's like, oh, oh, most of that was improvised. That really worked. That felt like yeah. a conversation. <laughs> yeah. Well, you look at like to go back to your sports metaphor, right? Take Barry Sanders, right? Like yeah. talking about finding the hole, right? Like I, I, the other thing that this kind of correlates to is, is the imposter syndrome aspect, right? Mm. And I'm not saying this to be any sort of holier than thou. I have a lot of things in my life that I'm not great at, right? But I, I don't feel imposter syndrome when it comes to my art. Because for me, because I'm, I'm I'm creating it because I love it and I want to do it. Now, now, there's a difference between that and getting like critique or feedback and being like, you know, for people you respect and be like, all right, cool, I can do this better, right? But I don't feel unworthy or like, well, this person is doing this and I'm only doing this. No, no, I don't, I don't care. Like that, I, I think I'm great at what I do, but that doesn't mean I'm better than somebody at what they do. So like Barry Sanders, going back to the example, yeah. like he wasn't, sit, he wasn't like sit, sit, waiting for the hike and going like, I don't know. Maybe I'm not a great running back. No, I guarantee <laughs> he was like, I know I'm great at what I do, but it doesn't mean that he didn't fumble or get tackled too early yeah. or not hit the hole he was supposed to. Right. But if you look at the macro of, of what he did, he's great because he believed he was great and pursued mm-hmm. that greatness. That's it. Right. Like that, that's all it came down to. It doesn't mean you don't fumble. It doesn't mean you don't have, you know, 
quote unquote failures throughout there, but it means you're, you're, you just consistently show up and know that you can consistently show up. And that's, that's all it comes down to for me. It's, it's sort of that question that I ask on occasion. Is it, you know, um, curiosity? Is it passion? What is mm. sort of that drive? What was baked into that drive? Yeah. Yeah. So would you, like, and I think you touched on it, but you know, if there's another one, please do. But if you say like, no, that was the one, could you share an experience <laughs> that like affected your vision as a photography, as a photographer? Like, yeah, I see photography in this way. I see lighting in this way. I see capturing these images. This is my sensibility as a result of this, this sort of experience. Is there one that comes to mind for you? So I, I won't, I don't think it's an, like an event or me doing it, but my, probably my biggest inspiration in photography is, uh, is Devin Allen. Um, so getting his book, a beautiful ghetto when it came out, it was the first time. And, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a white dude from upstate New York. Right. So like my connection with his photos is going to be way different than, than other people's. Right. But it was still a connection where when I looked through the book, I was like, Oh, this is what people mean when they say storytelling through photos. Okay. This makes a lot more sense to me now. And he's the reason also that I started shooting in. So I, all my photos, even the ones in color, uh, I shoot them in black and white. So my, my camera and my viewfinder and when I bring them over to my computer are all over in black and white. I never see them in color uh, unless I decide to change them to color. So that changed a lot of, changed how I do photography just period. Because for me, doing it in black and white allows me to remove all the distractions other than what I'm trying to capture, right? Like if there is a red car in the scene and I'm only making this picture because the red stands out, doesn't mean it's not bad, right? Like mm -hmm. many people do it amazing, right? And I still do that sometimes too, where I just, the color is the reason for the picture, right? But for me, that's not really a story. It's more like, hey, here's a pretty picture. So if I can, if I can make that photo tell a story without relying on it just being pretty, that's what, that's what matters to me, right? Like if I need the red in the car to make this picture, then to me, it's not really a picture that I need to take. It might be still one I take just because I, I like having fun too, like seeing pretty pictures, but it, it, it wouldn't fit in my portfolio of like, Hey, here's me as a photographer. Um, yeah, so I would say I would say finding Devin and his work would be my biggest change in, in photography. And that was, what was that, 2018, whenever, whenever Beautiful Ghetto came out, I yeah. was like, oh, oh, okay, this this is completely altering how I, how I do photography now. Shout out to Devin Allen. Uh, he's He's been on a pod. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, I'd have to say um, I've had a few conversations, a few podcasts like that, like, you know, there's always a sort of tinge of imposter syndrome or have you and and having sort of those things like I know why I'm doing it. I know that, you know, I've been doing mm -hmm. it for a while and and I think that I'm good at it, but it, it's always something new. It's always a new conversation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, doing it as long as I have the first 10 years of it, if you will, of, of podcasting as, as a whole, it was kind of like at home with my small circle of friends and just putting it out there and seeing what happens. Not really caring. We got it. We did the thing. We had some laughs. Yeah. Uh, but now it's kind of like, all right, I at least have another person who in many instances only knows of me from maybe the podcast or doesn't know who I am at all. So there's not that sort of connection that's baked in. And the really interesting thing is by the time most of these interviews end, 
there's there's some sort of imprinting that happens. There's some sort of mm-hmm. com- conversation that leads to maybe further conversations and further um, collaboration potentially. And so I think there's something to be said about that. And I, I don't think that I'm actually doing anything. I think I'm just having a conversation with people and it, and it relates. I'm just trying to be myself as much as I can in doing these interviews with a certain direction to it, but in doing the conversations and doing the interviews. But in, in having a few conversations like Rebecca Hoffberger comes to mind, uh, D. Watkins comes to mind, um, mm. LaFontaine Oliver comes to mind, these interviews that it's rare that I get nervous for an interview, but mm. if those were ones I was actually nervous for. And it turned out to be really good conversations. And, you know, people that I have look up to and that I've, you know, had, you know, later conversations with, and it's changed the approach. Like, you mm. know, I, I love when I talk to someone that does a lot of press and they'll say, no, your approach is a lot different. It's better than what I generally get. Or even from like radio folks who would just give me that feedback. And I don't know if you, you're the same way. I don't really look for it. I don't look for the positive or the mm-hmm. negative feedback. I'm kind of just like, eh, it's, I did a thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, but, uh, we're, dude, we're still human at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. Like, so I'd be lying if, if I didn't say like somebody saying like, wow, I really love this photo. Or like this hit me in this way, or this reminded me of my followers. Like didn't hit me. I'd be like, oh wow, I appreciate it. But like, I try to temper that with the same way that somebody come to be like, oh, I, I this photo looks like crap. Like this is garbage, right? So yeah. like both of those, both of those, I I try not to elevate, right? So mm-hmm. the this one looks like crap. If I had imposter syndrome about my art, I it would affect me as as a creative, not as a photographer. Just as like maybe maybe I need to change something, or maybe I need to look at what. I, my first question would be like, well, why don't you like, why do you think it's crap? Right. Not like yeah. it wouldn't be directed internally of like, oh, maybe I'm not good. It would be, well, why do you think it's not good? Right. Mm-hmm. So the same way of somebody saying this is amazing. I'd be like, wow, I appreciate that. That's awesome. Right. But it's not like, oh, I am amazing. Like I'm because <laughs> to me, yeah. like, so artists for so long have been beaten down and brainwashed of mm-hmm. being humble. Like you gotta be humble at what you do, not just artists, but I think most people, right. Yeah. You gotta be humble. You gotta be humble. And, I think humility is important, right? Yeah. But humility to me is not, it, it doesn't mean don't say you're great. Like me personally, I believe I'm great at what I do, but yeah. that doesn't mean I'm better than somebody else. And it also doesn't mean that I can't be great in five years from where I am, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm still going to grow. I'm still going to be curious. So my greatness now is not the same that I'm going to feel my greatness in five years from now. Right. Yeah. But I also don't have to sit here and say like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm all right. I'm OK. No, I, I know my skill. I know what I can do. So, you know, it, it's OK for us to, to, you know, big ourselves up a little bit and say, like, I'm great. I'm great at this thing I love doing. That's OK. It's OK to feel that. I mean, let me really, you know, get off the chain one day and just walk into some friggin art gallery wearing a caftan you know, all black, you know, just, just there, like I own the place and just spouting, um, LeVar Ball comments, like never lost, never lost. And I mean, that, that's the alter ego I have. I already have it yeah, written yeah. down. It's just, I just had to execute it. And you know what I'm going to call it? Oh, that's just performance art. That's a character I play. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can see amazing. it now. People are like, I've been in the art world a little too long. <laughs> So, hey man, I feel like I don't know you anymore. What's going on? <laughs> Look, man, I've had one white guy tell me that in the past. <laughs> He's like, your your ego is out of control. <laughs> like, what do you mean? It's a craftily constructed character. <laughs> oh, if anything, I'm Andy Kaufman. Uh, 
so <laughs> so in, in going back so being in the photography world for the last six well six years at this point right um as far as like doing it at a regular clip um talk about some of the the enhancement and the changes that have happened from your gear early on to like what you're using now techniques that you're using now that because you, you touched on a little bit earlier you know really liking the work that you did like you know at pride at that time or what have you but talk about some of the gear because I look back at the gear. I have a few pieces that are here and I'm like, this looks like a Fisher price toy. What am I doing? Mm. You know, and now looking at this sort of like more refined gear that definitely needs an upgrade. Cause some of the gear I have, I'm recording this through a mixer right now. This is probably seven years old and definitely in right. for an upgrade. So, so talk about that. Cause technology has changed. Oh yeah, for sure. No. So like, all right. It, it's a weird thing because it, it, I, it feels like going back on what I said, where like the best camera you have is the one you have on you, right? Like that is true. What is also true is there's there's tools that will help you do certain things that you're trying to do better, right? It doesn't make like I'll just use myself. It doesn't make me a better photographer because I have better gear, right? But different gear will allow me to do things I wouldn't be able to do without that gear. Mm. So that's how I look at it, right? So um a great example would be like, you know, if Gordon Parks was so around, you handed him an iPhone camera, do you think he wouldn't be able to take absolutely insane photos? Of course he would, right? Because it wasn't about the camera he had. It was about his storytelling and his connection and yeah. what he was trying to express, right? So, yes, gear does matter, but it only matters to a point. Same thing, like the opposite end of that. Take somebody who's never been a photographer. You give them a brand new Leica with their brand new lens <laughs> and stuff like that doesn't mean you're going to get stuff that goes in the Smithsonian tomorrow, yeah. right? Like that's just not going to happen. Um, but gear, gear has changed in a good sense of like, I, I like the fact that cameras are a little smaller now because, you know, I, I go out with my camera anytime I leave the house, that's not just to the gas station and have my, my camera with me. Right. So I like not having like a camera with a huge lens and it weighs like 50 pounds and stuff when I know I'm just going to be, you know, just, driving around maybe getting a couple images here and there so i like like the mirrorless cameras i'm really big fan of the mirrorless cameras because of the small body um and the big thing is like the viewfinder is electronic now so like i said i shoot in black and white so because the viewfinder what i'm looking through is electronic it shows me in black and white when i'm mm -hmm. capturing so like i'm not looking through a viewfinder looking at just like i'm looking through glass i'm looking through it like i'm looking at a tv screen that's in black and white nice so yeah that really helps me be able to compose my image knowing what it's going to look like instead of trying to say like all right in my head i got to convert this to black and white like what would this look like um so that's been a real benefit for me um but other than that like honestly like that's where the gear right now that's basically where it, it stops for me of it mattering like as long as you have a good lens as a photographer you you're fine you're, you're gonna be all right so i'll tell any anybody who's listening to wants to start photography don't worry about the camera body. Don't worry about like megapixels and stabilization <laughs> and all this stuff. Get whatever you can afford, but make sure the lens is where you put more of the money. If you've got a budget, use 90% of your budget for a good lens. Worry less about the camera body. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I look at the same thing from like, I can fit my gear into a fanny bag now. Right. And you know, mm -hmm. you want to be agile, you want to be able to get it. And I can do a four mic setup 
you know, the only thing that wouldn't fit in there is headphones, but I'm thinking, looking at ways to really scale those down. Just studio headphones as earbuds or AirPods doesn't really work. Mm. Um, but, you know, so having those aside from that, I, I have like two fanny packs that, you know, I can just do a full four person production with and just shoot it over. You know what I mean? And yeah. looking at that now, I remember when I first got like my mixer and the one I was describing mm-hmm. earlier. I was like, I'm not lugging this thing along. You know, when you, <laughs> yeah. when you say lugging, you know it's a size thing, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and and still in that that same vein, like you said, lenses. When you know, one of the pieces of advice that I got, and 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 I still kind of tap into, it, and this takes me to the next question. Um, make sure you get good cables. You know, like uh, these these uh, microphone cables. Like you start looking at them. I have like Japanese cables, right? some of the ones I've had before were flimsy and I was like, why uh, is this audio a little off? What's going on here? You know, the, uh, the guest would sound really good, you know, coming through zoom of all things, but I would sound terrible. And uh, it's like, you know, and, and maybe it's the same thing now, who knows, but it's, it's still this sort of thing of, all right, how can I improve this? And always looking for that. Um, so in that respect, how do you go about like learning new skills and, and keeping like what you know sharp and always trying to move towards, you know, this new level of attainment and knowledge? Are you more of a YouTube university sort of guy? Or are you learning by doing? What is your approach to learning and picking up new skills? So I, I, I'm, I'm a both. I would say, well, I would say it's 80, 20, like 80% just go out and do right. Like, yeah. because even if let's say I studied, I got a, I don't know, photography book and workbook and, you know, got all these master class lessons and did and stuff like that. You would still have to go do it to figure it out, right? Like mm-hmm. you can learn as much as you want intellectually, but until you're doing it, you're not going to understand like the problems you're going to run into or the the things that, you know, they, they taught you that you actually have to try to apply and say like, oh, okay, this worked because of this or it didn't work because of this. So uh, yeah, when it's something new, like, I don't know, how do I get a, tilt shift effector or how do i get a halo on my lens like what kind of thing do i need to do to try to do this i'll go youtube university and say like what are these people using how do you do it and then i'll just go do it right like i, I want to figure out the process or like where to start from and then i'll just go do my own thing with it and figure out if it works for me or it doesn't work for me so yeah i, I would say doing is probably way more important for me than than just learning because I, I didn't even youtube university when i first got the camera i just took it out and started shooting i had no idea no idea what i was doing no idea i I was that way i don't know if you can see the video component but i was that way yesterday i bought a new um a new green screen and it was something i was not understanding i was like am i gonna take this 200 piece of nonsense back and then it was something at the bottom where you just had to just play with it like i looked Mm. in the manual and there was nothing in the manual that said anything and i was like hold up and having to look at it i was like oh these things turn out okay cool that's now it stands up straight by itself because it kept knocking over my funko pops and i was not happy about that there's <laughs> a man and his, his audience is his funko pops you know <laughs> yeah 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 you get it. <laughs> a piece of crap go back <laughs> meanwhile on aperture you <laughs> uh so this this is the last real question I got for you, a two part question. Um, okay. So aside from photography, you, you touched on it earlier. Actor and, and screenwriting is another interest. Um, so what what prompted you to like just kind of continue like stay in between like multiple different things? I think you you touched on it, but I want to add this this extra layer to it. Like 
I see there's an element with, you know, being in front of the camera, being behind the camera, and potentially even writing stuff that's going to be um, presented on camera. So, you know, why has like visuals always been a part of sort of your creative expression? It seems like it all goes together. Mm, that's a good question. And you know, what's funny is I don't think I've ever thought of that that way. Um, so I'm not sure if I even have an answer for that. I Because with acting, with acting, I actually have want nothing to do with behind the camera, <laughs> like nothing to do behind the camera. Like I, I want to do as little as possible behind the camera. Right. Um, I, I had to learn stuff because I started my own production company and you know, we have no money. So like, I can't hire like other people to do things. So I would have to like step in and like learn these different roles, but like outside of necessity, I just, I don't know. I don't know what drew me to acting really. Like I said, like I started doing it and I was like, this is just cool. Like this is a different level of, because like you're, you're storytelling other people's stories. Mm-hmm. And I, I've loved movies my whole life. I mean, all of us watch TV and watch movies. So what are movies? There. What are movies? What are, all right, I'll bite. What's this movie you speak of? Um, no, I, I, so I wanted to try it. And when I tried it, I was like, this is just fun, man. Like I, it was just enjoyable to me it hit something that I didn't even realize was, was in there in my life. Um, so I don't really, I don't really know why that connected, um, in my life. I really don't, I don't, I wish I had like a really cool deep answer of like, this is why I pursued acting. It's like, no, I just started it. And I was like, it, it, it was to me, there's a difference between being excited and being passionate, Mm. right? I'm excited about a lot of things. I'm passionate about very few things. Um, and photography and acting have always stayed at that level for me. Um, I've never felt any waning of like, like I never like did something with acting be like, or got my camera and be like, I'm always like, all right, cool. Let's go do this thing. Like, I can't wait to to figure this out or try this out or whatever. Right. And never once. So I don't know why I connected with acting. Uh, photography is because I, I like, I like being a witness to those moments that I'm capturing. I like, telling that story for, for myself and for, you know, if I, if it is stuff to share for other people, because, yeah. you know, it's, it's memories frozen in time. And I think that's a really cool thing to, to express. No, that's, that's, that's great. And I think it is definitely, you know, something just to kind of chew on and, and read those because I, cause I do, do the same thing. Like, you know, as as a person that on occasion gets stage fright being in front of people, uh, and folks are asking me, "How do you do a podcast?" Then I was like, "Because I have this glass like wall of protection, <laughs> and I can fake it the entire time." But yeah, it is definitely something that I kind of explore and look at. You know, what's the sort of through line, if you will, and how did those yeah. things sort of connect? Like. You know, I, I get asked to do different things. I got asked to do something earlier, TED Talk related. And I was like, I don't know, gee, I don't know about this one. <laughs> but I have that sort of override thing, too, of if it's something that, and I guess this is where the passion and the excitement sort of thing comes mm-hmm. in. I don't get excited about a lot of things. I, I get a certain, like, I get whelmed. You know, I, I call it that. Not overwhelmed, I get whelmed. I get whelmed. <laughs> I get whelmed when it comes to certain conversations, but when it goes to something that's related to like social interactions, well, me. But when it comes to something like doing this, I'm passionate about it, and there's some more excitement there than normally is. Mm. Like, hey, we're gonna have this conversation. Hold on, let me put the mics on real quick. That's that's literally how it goes. Yeah, yeah. really quick, really quick. I know, it was really, but I wanted to just yeah. not not to not to therapize on the podcast, but. Yeah. Uh, for the TED Talk thing, right? Like you're already doing it. I know you said you got the screen or whatever, right? Yeah. But but 
like one of the things I found very helpful, and again, this is just my own perspective and advice, but one of the things I found very helpful is because uh, I had I did improv and part of our uh, our graduation was we had to put on an improv show in front of paying people like people bought tickets to come see us and we had to put on an improv show. And it was my first time ever doing that. Right? I'd never like been up on stage and doing it. And I absolutely loved it. Like I loved it. And I didn't know if I would or not. Like, I'm not shy, but there's a difference between not being shy and, like, performing something that you just started doing in front of people who paid to see you there. One of the things I realized is people want you to succeed, right? It goes back to that imposter syndrome thing, right? We always think people are judging us negatively, right? But for the most part, people aren't usually thinking about other people. They're usually thinking about themselves. And also, think about when you go to a concert, right? You're not hoping the band screws up. You want to see them. You want to have fun. You want to enjoy yourself, right? So they're rooting for you. The people that you're talking to in front of or there, they're there for you. They want you to do well because that affects their experience and their joy, right? So they're they're either not thinking about you or they're actually rooting for you. So it's more like if you can think about it less as being separate from the crowd and more about they're just paying attention to – I'm part of this crowd too – I just happen to be holding court at the moment and they want me to do well while I'm holding court. So you're saying that's selfish, Joe. Thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> no, no, no. That's, 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 that's great. And thank you. That's, I think, you know, that's beneficial and, and I'm hearing that. And I think even, you know, the folks listening will get a lot out of that. And, you know, I've gotten this piece and one of the last times it was actually, uh, cause I do a movie review podcast as well. We'll, we'll talk about that probably a little later. Uh, but I remember sitting there and I really enjoyed doing those and sitting there, we were um, discussing the room, that 2003 mm. movie. That's terrible. And, um, <laughs> and pretty much the, the edict was just be funny for an hour. I was like, you mean we're just talking through the movie? We're riffing like mystery <laughs> science, the other 3000. Yeah. I, I, no prep, no nothing. I was like, Oh, okay. And I remember my partner was telling me, she was just like, eh, nobody knows what's supposed to happen. So whatever happens is the thing that happened. That's really what it yeah. is. You can't mess up. So yeah. just kind of having those things that, you know, it kind of connects where, you know, something you would tell someone that's going on stage, you know, that's, you know, the whole mm. brick a leg thing, but I think it's applicable. And I think that's why yeah. these sorts of conversations across different creative sort of disciplines are important. Mm. Yeah, I, I completely agree. So with that, it's time for us to get to some rapid fire questions. Oh, um, you know how these work, uh, you know, quick, quick answers. No, no, don't overthink them. Um, they're fun questions. So okay. I'm going to start off with a, um, you know, something that's a little bit related to, you know, photography and all. Um, what What is the number one thing that makes it for a good photograph? Uh, connection to the audience. I can't explain it further than that. If somebody connects with it, then it's a good photo. What is one thing you wish you knew before you started taking photos? Um just have just have fun just have fun this might connect to the next one do you have a mantra or saying that you live by <laughs> um make them tell you no it's my dad piece of advice always be your one yes in, in the world love it do you have any nicknames oh god yeah i've got a lot uh lunchbox <laughs> joey jumping fires uh joey chicken wings which was shortened to wings um <laughs> we'll stop there we'll stop there the carnival man <laughs> uh okay this is the last one um you, you touched on it earlier and i, I gotta ask I'm a, i'd be remiss if i didn't ask what is your favorite movie of 2022 
Oh God, 2022. I don't know yeah, if I've seen. We're recording this at the very beginning of 2023, so you know. Oh man, what did I see in 22? Dude, I don't even remember. Honestly, like, <laughs> uh, yo, I can't believe this is gonna be the one gonna gonna trip me up because I I don't even remember. What was the your favorite movie that you've seen over the last five years? Uh, Into the Spider Verse. You get it. <laughs> <laughs> Technically cheating, but you get it. <laughs> so, so with that, um, I want to thank you for for coming onto this podcast and chopping it up with me. Very, very enjoyable conversation, and um, I want to invite and encourage you to share with the listeners where they can check you out, your work, and learn a little bit more about what you do and how you do it. The floor is yours. Yeah, I appreciate it. Well, first off, I want to say thanks. Thanks for having me on. This was I enjoyed the conversation a lot for sure. Yeah, I'm, I, my website, my all my social medias are uh, at the Joe Cardamone. Um, yeah, I, I was lucky enough to get all of those because my name isn't very uh, common. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so IG, Twitter, website, uh, you can check me out there. And there you have it, folks. I want to again thank Joe Cardamone for coming on. And I'm Rob Lee saying that there's art culture, community, photography, and around your neck of the woods, you just have to look for it.